Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nate here of the No Chance Podcast. As always, I have Ryan here with me. What's up, everybody? So, what are we going to be talking about in today's episode? Well, with Valentine's Day right around the corner, I thought it'd be important to discuss the topic of love and how the interactions within our personal relationships are kind of similar with how we interact with, you know, streetwear brands. And as always, like, comment, subscribe, and hope you guys enjoy the episode. Peace. No chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 24 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. And we are here today in the most random of random locations. I swear, it just gets worse and worse every fucking (laughs) week. It's so bad right now. Yeah, uh, shout out to our homie for letting us use his space to record our podcast. Yeah, our homie Marco, he's in a couple of episodes. So thank you for letting us use your dirty ass room. It's like seriously man you really got to clean this place up <laughs> it's like really. one seat and like a lamp that makes me feel like i'm in just like this random like bar like it's just so weird um anyways thank you guys for you know killing the listening like the listening stats for the last Yo, episode yeah so, I, I looked at it today we almost have like 2000 in this past month it literally That's gets crazy. actually i think over 2000 already it's so insane but one th- okay one thing that i noticed which is really weird was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, like the three hottest days, obviously, from when, you know, we released the episode on Friday, that's where all the listens come from. Yeah. And then throughout the week, they're kind of sprinkled in there. I don't know if you guys that, you know, you're busy, you know, you, you just... Maybe you guys just don't have lives. Don't have the attention span listen throughout the week, you know, maybe... I'm just kidding. Maybe your employer's not letting you listen to our podcast while you work, you know, you might have to talk to them about that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but as always thank you again for listening you guys are killing it um shit we're pro- I, i'm my goal of hitting ten thousand is gonna come it's soon n- it's it, not that far <laughs> it's on the horizon out of the question sure. so i'm super psyched about that um one of the things that i was very very curious about and i wanted to ask you nate because I am in a relationship, a committed relationship. Let's 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 say that much. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, because we're actually we both have girlfriends. What do you have planned for Valentine's Day? I know this is kind of early, but when this comes out, it will uh, probably be like a week and a half until Valentine's Day. And I've been seeing it a lot as I'm, you know, just roaming through the streets and I see all these fucking ads for them. I was curious. Like, you got anything planned? That's like two weeks out, man. That's I don't think you that far that? ahead. <laughs> Most people. Oh, are you are you the type to improv it? You like like the day before? It's like oh, let me see who's taking reservations. Look, I work better under pressure, man. All right, man. That makes I improv it. <laughs> that makes free a lot salad of sense. every time. I was thinking about this the other day of like how cool it was when we were in like elementary school, like for Valentine's Day. Like it felt like a real ass holiday. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I gotta buy these cards. Like. What are these girls gonna think of these Ninja Turtle cards? Or like, are they gonna like the 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 Power Ranger ones? Like, what do I bring to the table? You know, like, there's no a lot girls of ever showed me love on Valentine's Day <laughs> in elementary school. Yo, I got a lot of cards from a, from a lot of man, girls. Man, I was lucky if I got one. <laughs> I got the one that everybody gets from like the teacher. Yeah, <laughs> you check your just little so, envelope and it's like just so damn. nobody just so nobody gets left out. Like they give you that little consolation one. I think that's fair. I that's think like that's the fair. only one that I got. It was definitely a popularity contest, and for sure, as early as elementary school for 
for fucking Valentine's Day, and I know a lot of kids were getting their heart broken early on. Yeah. I was a weird and... kid, so I don't think anybody really <laughs> fucked with me. I mean, but whatever. Hey, That's you neither it, here you nor there. It. The reason why we're bringing up Valentine's Day, not only is it only a couple days away, but this idea that I, you know, I had recently, I've been looking at all these articles and I came across this article that talked about how we interact with brands, right? So we go into these stores, we go into, you know, we were just in a couple stores today. We were just in, in, in Hayes Valley in San Francisco. We walked into a store and I said, you know, dude, I, I love this shirt. I, I'm like, I love this this shoe or I love this style or the way it's styled. And so it got me thinking and I was, I was like, well, how do we have or how do we generate this sort of affection or as we want to call it, the three stages of what do you want to say? Like hype beast Grieving? love? Oh. Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The, the three stages of what we feel like people go through when it comes to not only is it relationships, but when it comes to clothing, how do we generate this sort of infatuation or quote unquote love for these pieces of clothing, these articles of clothing, which is weird to say, like to be in, in love with a with pair an of shoes. object. Yeah. 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 That's like, it, there's a, um, there's a, I don't know if it's a disorder, but it, there's a particular word that means in love with inanimate objects or like it's a type of a type of love. I forget what that term wow, is. Wow, you stay up late on Wikipedia. <laughs> You're it's like not, on Wikipedia. No, no, no. It's not Wikipedia. It's probably like like National Geographic or like some random channel. But I swear that there's a term. I'll look it up and I'll probably reference it later on in the episode. But we wanted to go through these three steps or three stages we'll call them stages that makes more sense of how we sort of come to being in love with the shit that we wear which is weird to say like i i still think it's weird to be like yeah i'm in love with my pair of shoes or i'm in love with that outfit or something like that it's just an awkward thing to say i mean it's not think. like you actually love obviously some like, people not, some like, people do actually to a certain love, extent. but you, it's just you know something that you really enjoy having you know you would be surprised a lot of people like love the shit that they buy but let's get into the first stage and i think we could we could both you know agree on this one it's this idea of flirtation right like we i mean fuck it we're gonna talk about girls in this episode when you first come across a girl right like the first thing you i have do, a girlfriend so i don't come across girls often in the past we're gonna reference to our past selves we would come across a girl and the first instinct is to say something funny i don't know what 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 say say something smart like yeah. seem intelligent seem interesting and I guess that's the biggest thing right there is to seem interesting, right? So how, how would you relate something like flirt, flirting to how brands sort of attract you, you know? Well, I mean, obviously, in both cases, in, in like terms of meeting girls and brands trying to attract me, it's all about first impressions, you know? There you go. You have to have that's a strong good. first impression. I like that. Um it, it could be like something that looks good, something that's like interesting that I didn't know before, just something to catch my attention, something to draw me in, you know? What's a, like a good example of like a way like a brand, a new brand can sort of entice you to even like touching their clothes or 
or looking at the label? You know? Um, I well for me especially, uh, I think if something is styled in a way that's done really well, I think that's what kind of draws me in the most. It could be a, like a pretty basic garment, but I yeah. think if it's styled really well, then that'll kind of draw me in. Yeah. Almost like if you were like to give it like a general term, you have like as a brand, you have to seem attractive. Yeah, exactly. Or interesting yeah essentially and i think that's a good point you know like in terms of just of just flirtation in general we all do it it's just very unknowingly so when brands try to do it i think it's very is it unknowingly yeah from time to time you never know sometimes you can get caught up because it looked like you were trying to flirt with a girl but you really weren't you were just saying something nice and you know sometimes there's brands like that but sometimes there's a lot of them that are just in your face like buy my shit type of thing i think like you said being attractive is obviously one of the first indicators of of something that becomes interesting to us for for late in terms of you know clothing or streetwear right something like a sale yeah. sometimes hooks me so like i'll see items of clothing that I've never seen before brands I've never heard of but maybe I'll give it a shot because it's within a price range that I think is sort of reasonable also here's the thing about that like I was saying earlier it doesn't have to be something that's physically enticing like appearance wise I'm talking about both like clothing and just in general (laughs) yeah like it doesn't have like that doesn't necessarily have to be the first thing to catch my eye it could be maybe a brand you know, has some sort of interesting message that I've never seen before or yeah. takes inspiration from, you know, um, novelty. Yeah. Yeah. Like something really huge. cool, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like a physical attraction of the, on the very first yeah. go around. You know? I'd say so. I say sometimes though, it's a, it's definitely a feeling like you can kind of sense it sometimes when you're either around somebody new or maybe, you see a brand that you've never seen before there's just something about it that like kind of draws you in right so like a good example of how brands do this and i'm i'm not going to use a streetwear brand for this example but i'll just use like an overall brand is like you ever heard of that state farm insurance guy you know the the the, the, the guy with the really warm voice that makes you feel like you're like you're safe the all no the all state guy oh, the all state guy, all-state guy. the not guy the that was on tv state farm guy is weird dennis haysbert the all state guy yeah, the really guy. he has a really deep voice there's something about that he's like the bootleg morgan freeman exactly but he doesn't age that well and so like you look at him or no you hear his voice and you just think like like damn like i don't even have all state but i just feel safe in my car like there's something about what he does and that sort of marketing tactic almost makes you feel like damn i gotta sign up for this or i gotta purchase this product so brands intentionally do things like this to make you feel you know warm uh, attractive whatever just feel special and there's something about that that kind of drives customers into wanting to buy their products so like like i said sales and like you said fucking like something that's attractive that looks nice uh, a lookbook a preview it kind of like gives you like an introduction to the brand i guess you can say that right yeah yeah i think just like just any first impression in general just yeah. anything like that um and I, I don't think, know. I'm for me. I'm I'm a very curious person. So if I don't know something, like I'm always gonna research research right? it. Yeah, exactly. Or I come, or if I come across something that I haven't seen before, like I'm gonna look into it more. So that's just in my nature. But I I mean, it's different for everybody, I guess. And you know? I think that's just a part of like like the research part. Like there's so many brands, right? Like it being in such a competitive market as streetwear, where 
you know, you're trying to sell a t-shirt and obviously a t-shirt is a, is a good place to start because everybody wears a different one every day, hopefully. And you just have so many brands trying to get their name out there that there has to be something that drives your brand, you know, to, to just shine over some of these other brands, whether it's warm messaging or very well done styling things that sort of you just look at and you're just like wow that's that's cool i'm interested and that's the whole like flirtation like in inviting phase i guess yeah. if you want to call it also we kind of touched on this a little bit but just to go in more depth um also just giving like little sneak peeks and previews just kind of like yeah. teasers you know no that's like huge. that can be considered i guess a form of flirtation quote yeah. unquote you know yeah i'd say like you know that um that email that supreme always sends out of like the next season is coming look yeah. at this small square of an image that gives you a hint of what or they'll or they'll take like a or brands will take like a really mysterious photo that yeah. seems like it has nothing to do with anything yeah but there will be like a little subtle hint and yeah. like if you pick up if you pick up uh on the pick, pick up a- on that <laughs> Sorry, alliteration has not been my strong suit lately. Um, it has some sort of like hints or clue. It does. You know? Yeah. So. And that leads us into the next stage, which is the obsession and lust stage. So, right, you, you come across this brand maybe two, three, four times, maybe a dozen times. You just you see it all over the place. You want to research it. You want to figure out where it's being sold at, what's coming out next. You just become obsessed with it, right? You become essentially how a lot of people came into the streetwear game you become a student of the game all the research you do and you just learn and learn and learn and i guess that goes the same way as you know you know chasing after a girl you know it's just like a damn like i like the way she she talks or i like the way she dresses or she's really interesting damn i want to learn more about her then you become I wouldn't say obsessed, but you you become interested. Well, overly. I don't know. Some people might become obsessed. Yeah, there are a lot of weirdos yeah, out there. The weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you definitely want to. Um, damn, I was gonna say some some over the top shit. I'm really not gonna say. But when it comes to being obsessed with a brand, it's something that le- it sort of arrives after the whole um, sort of doing the research and stuff like that. So I I would say like just overall obsession. It just there's there's something about it like you sometimes it's unexplainable you know what i mean like it's hard to explain like why your favorite brands are so like you're so obsessed with some of your favorite brands yeah i mean i think after that initial phase of capturing your attention um you'll just be conscious of it more and more so you know you'll just see it around more and more and i think it really kind of builds up to that you know that sort of obsession if you will i think Um, uh, and i think a lot of the time with obsession right there's just there's this sort of mentality of high expectations or expectations in general, right? So if you're obsessed with a girl and you want to talk to her all the time and, you know, you want to go, you want to, you've been on multiple dates there, you, you almost like some people will imagine this alternate reality or this other life of, of oh, I'm going to marry her. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on all these trips. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have a house. You set all these high expectations. Sometimes unrealistic to some you know you kind of do that with clothing too you know when it comes to like say i'm going to use supreme because a lot of kids expect this sort of expectation is if i wear supreme i'm going to be so cool i'm going to be so hip imagine the outfits i could get off. imagine the outfits imagine what my friends at school are going to say so 
I think that it forms a lot of, would you say like realistic expectations or more often than not, we kind of dream when we get into that like infatuation phase. Yeah. I mean, obviously like a lot of people want to feel that way, you know, they want to buy stuff in order to, you know, maybe they're insecure about something or maybe Mm -hmm. they just need a little confidence boost. Yeah. So they kind of fill that gap with buying whatever it may be, Supreme, whatever, you know, it could be anything. Um, And I think a lot of the times when you rely on that, you kind of let yourself down because at the end of the day, no one, like we keep saying, no one really cares after like the initial 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, all right, they go on with their daily lives. They're not going to be constantly thinking about like, wow, that guy has, yeah, has this or like, whoa, this girl has like this. You know, like what size is that? Or what brand is that? Oh, cool. All right. Nice. It's people's attention spans are so small these days that they could really care less. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that idea of expectation. It's this, this mentality of what can this brand do for me? Like, what can I get out of this brand? That's more than just putting a shirt on my back. I I expect it to get me girls. I expect it to make me popular. And that's the sort of mentality that some kids have when they're buying things. Like, I mean, the most popular ones right now, Supreme off white, just any really hyped up streetwear brand right now. Yeah. And I mean, again, just going back to this quote that I've said before by um, by Bobby Hundreds is that people do things to seem interesting, not because they're actually interested yeah. in those things or something like that. Such a gem. Yeah. Um, so again, just going back to that, I think just a lot of people just want to have this sort of image of themselves, you know, and project that so that other people think, um, you know, think of them in some way shape or form whatever it may be you know it's hard though because when we become interested in something right we become you know just like there's so many emotions that run through us it almost becomes irrational you know like whether it's our thinking or our actions we just do dumb things when we're overly emotional i think that goes oh, for yeah for sure when we're angry when we're super in love with somebody whatever there's just something that takes over our entire body and, and here's a good thing that I read. So it, I, we're getting really like fucking like scientific, but this is just a, a quick blurb that kind of speaks to this idea of, you know, our physiological, you know, actions when it comes to us being excited about something or obsessed with something. So quote goes basically like brain scan studies reveal that the sight of an attractive product can trigger part of the motor cerebellum that's in the brain for for you that don't know (laughs) that governs hand movement so basically instinctively we reach out to things that we think are attractive so our hands naturally reach out to things that are attractive makes sense right when we're younger we try to pick up everything that looks cool or whatever and i think that just that makes sense yeah also just to add on to that i think uh there's like a there's research research done on this and it says that um if you actually manipulate the objects like in your hands, like say you go into a store and touch the clothes, like you're more likely to purchase those items oh, yeah. after like, definitely, you know, after touching them, feeling the fabric, things like that. That's a good so, one. Yeah. Just imagine like if you're, if you're like a clothing company, right. And you say you're just observing an entire group of people shopping on your store floor, you see people touching it then you see people trying it on more than likely as an instant sell right there, right? Like it's this idea of, and it sort of 
checks all the boxes of, oh, okay, they're interested, right? We've got them with our messaging. We got them with the color of the shirt. Now they're trying it on. Now they're obsessed with it. Now they're try- like they're wearing it. Now they lo- they feel like they look good in it. You know, yeah. they're maybe they're about to go to the club or something, yeah. right? They have this alternate reality of thinking and high expectations. The next thing you know, they end up buying it. I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ, that's the I one you always say get that phrase up. ever, dude. <laughs> um, but I mean, it all boils down to consumer psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's what the retail game is based on, pretty much. Yeah. It's how can we get this person that comes into our store to buy this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, trust me, there's an entire science behind consumer behavior in general. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, people study that shit to a T because, obviously, if they know what sort of floor plan and organization of clothing and what colors attract people's eyes, like, if that alone can help sell your shitty product or whatever, then shit, you might as well spend some time and some money on trying to figure that out. You yeah, know? I mean, that's what fashion merchandising is, you know? Yeah. It's just having the right products at the right time at the right place Yeah, for the right price. No, that... that <laughs> shout out to 6Ps, I think. Shout out to... Shout out to fashion merchandising class, man. There you go. <laughs> shout out to class, man. Shout out to college. Shout out to co- <laughs> did something, did something, learn something for once. Shout out to college. Okay, so we just covered the flirtation stage. The oh, I'm interested in that stage. I thought that That's was the attraction stage. stage. No, no, well, I'm okay. going. I'm starting from from number one. I'm just okay, yeah, yeah, okay, my bad. Check, my check, bad. check, check, yeah, check, yeah, check. Yeah, I see what you All right. mean. Okay, so we just covered the flirtation stage. The I'm interested phase. Um, we just covered the obsession and lust stage, and now we get into. I'd say the stage that we're currently in, right? Maybe not us like together. No, but no, like no. Whoa, us whoa. With us with streetwear. Us, us with streetwear. Us with our girlfriends. Girlfriends, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. My girlfriend doesn't listen to this. But it's the, I want to call, I'm going to say the crazy in love stage, right? When you, it's almost like if you were to call it the, the peak of this sort of roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> um, because everything after that is all downhill. <laughs> But Pretty if anything, much. basically, the crazy in love stage is what are you willing to do? What sort of irrational actions are you going to make to prove that you really love what you talk about? Whether that's your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, whatever. For clothing, though, we've done a lot of dumb shit for true for the clothes that we have. Whether true. that's spent a ridiculous amount of money spending <laughs> money is the number one thing i'm gonna say yeah is on our list what, what do you think what, what's some of the, the dumbest things you've ever done for some clothing um probably line up for something lining for up for hours camping camping out yeah all that's pretty pretty um, much done what else i'd say i'd say some like and, and this was a mixture i'd say um but we had a lot of fun doing it was was thrifting so like we we yeah. love thrifting. We love the idea of of picking out some great shit. Hopefully finding some great shit on some good days. But we would do things as 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 crazy as we would go out, get shit faced, wake up as early as we could the next morning at like seven a.m. just to get first in line to to the uh, the Goodwill. Yep, that's we dedication, man. We, and we that's dedication. Dude, okay, mind you. I was doing this too when Ryan had work and all that, and I would wake up at like 7 a.m., go to Goodwill, pick for like two hours maybe, and yep. then go to school yep. at like 9 a.m., 
And then right after class let out at 12, go straight back to yeah. go pick some more. <laughs> and I used to do this like every other day. That is irrational thinking. Yeah. Like, mind you, <laughs> mind you, it's like a 30 minute drive both ways from school to the Goodwill that we were at. So it's, yeah. And it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that something as, you know, as simple as clothing or something with the hopes of, of like, Finding Being in a possession gem. of some yeah. like a gem of clothing, yeah. you're willing to do all that. So it's so crazy to think that, like, to what extent are we willing to do, or to, or what extent are we willing to go for that piece, that that pair of shoes? You know, some people wait in line for days. Some people max out credit cards. You know, like I could just imagine. <laughs> no, why are you laughing? <laughs> all right. Anyways, nothing, we're nothing. not even gonna bring that up. We'll talk about credit and streetwear on another episode. But for the most part. A lot of people become very irrational when it comes to something that they love, especially with clothing and with just the, the sheer mentality of, I want to look a certain way. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think the reason why we're willing to spend so much money is because like, like we were saying, that initial emotional response to that piece or just what we think that piece will offer us in the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For instance, course. like, okay, um there's like a t-shirt that's dropping or a hoodie that's dropping on this day the lead up to that release day we're thinking about literally all the outfits that we're gonna wear exactly where we're gonna wear to what kind of photos we can take in that outfit like what you know what i'm saying like all these different things and that's why it's called being crazy in love because you literally become crazy with like ideas with your money with your expectations it just becomes this whole snowball of fucking er like craziness yeah um i think though i don't think i think i've toned down in terms of when it comes to clothing obviously i've set other goals to do like to to use my money for clothing's not the number one priority right now um but i think in terms of like my obsession with streetwear right now i think i'm sort of teetering off right now yeah same for me love i just I have so much stuff in my closet already. I was doing, I was folding my clothes the, or last night actually, yeah. and I could barely fit like all of my clothes in my closet. You mean like it's too big or it's too small now? My closet? No, your clothes. Oh, you mean you can't? Oh, I thought you said you tried them on and you. No, fit them no, like, like I can't like, fit all my clothes in my closet oh, oh, because oh. I have so many. Yeah. Like the majority of it is from we went thrifting. You know, <laughs> how much like I stockpiled, yeah. and then a lot of it's just some new stuff that I got too. So. It's, I don't know, for me, even even in these past few years, like I've been kind of laying low, kind of being more low key with my purchases just because I don't need as much and my style of dress, like the way we That's dress true. isn't super crazy That's anyway. True. So I could wear literally the same thing week after week. And, and I feel like, like we see each other at least a couple times a week and shit, I know I wear the same thing a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, or at least like our styles, like you said, our styles are very, what is low maintenance, May not be the word because the shit that you wear costs a lot of money, but it's the 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 way that you wear it is kind of I want to say low maintenance if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's like low key. It's nothing crazy. It's not go. like I'm wearing stuff that I can I, that I can only wear once. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all the stuff that I think we have is like pretty timeless, so we can get away with it. Or any like day they of the week. know, like you you can tell if somebody's rewearing the same like 
off-white jacket like you just know right but if it's like a simple like black denim jacket or a simple trench coat or whatever you could rewear that you know you wear that 10 years from now as many times as you want you know nobody's ever gonna be like oh you wore that yesterday it's like no like this is just one of those basic pieces or not basic but it's one of those you know staple pieces if that's the word yeah exactly so my question is how do we fall in love with streetwear again? How does all of the community that, you know, once was like, you know, camping and fucking spending all their money, not to say that they aren't now, but most people are are like, are selling, right? Yeah. They're treating streetwear like it's some common hooker off the street. And, you know, I get a piece. Now you get a piece. Now let's sell it. Let's get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, like what you do on your own time, that's your <laughs> business, man. I'm you, that's not a good analogy. I thought that was a good analogy. Sure. Leave a comment below if you thought that was a good analogy. <laughs> but I think that that's just how people look at it nowadays. Everything is a pass around rather than I'm going to hold on to and cherish, right? Real sneakerheads, they rarely get rid of any of their shit. So it's it's a lot of sentimental value, right? Yeah. So how do we fall in love with something like streetwear again? Like how could that reignite? Make streetwear great again. Make uh, streetwear great. <laughs> I I don't know. I think that just stems from almost like the business standpoint. Like you have to make products. Ah, that's tough though because it's like it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's hard. It it definitely is. Like it's definitely a two-way street. Like it you know, it has to change from both the consumer end and from the business businesses end. Yeah. Um, I think one, just brands need to make items more covetable. Mm-hmm. So that's a good word. I mean, obviously, like a lot of stuff is still limited, but what they need to come up with unique ideas, unique um, pieces of clothing, whatever it may be, so that people want to cherish it and hold on to it. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a catch twenty two or a paradox because, you know, you want it to be limited, and that kind of drives the people to cherish stuff more. But I don't know. It's it's weird because I think yeah think? no no that's the the word that you just said exclusivity. I think is the is is what the USP or the unique selling proposition is for streetwear in general, right? Because. Oh, if, a good it's, term. if it's mass produced, if it's everybody's wearing it, then it's not as what was the word you used? Coveted. Yeah, but then at the end, if it's if it's mass produced, then people aren't going to resell it. So the people who actually yeah. care will be are going to we'll be, be the be ones. Yeah, exactly. So that's how it kind of you know that makes sense then because yeah. I was going to say if you if you take streetwear and you just shrink it for five, six, seven, ten years, right, and you just make it limited, you make it. 500 pieces a thousand pieces whatever worldwide you you build up that hunt again right and when you know that you have one of 500 and there's something about that like i feel like if i had one of 500 there's something about that that i would not want to sell there's something about that that i just want to keep and sort of like use as a trophy because a lot of people use their pieces as, as trophies almost as as if they're wearing olympic medals around their neck to say like oh you're wearing that sweater i know exactly what it took to to get that sweater yeah i applaud you for that yeah you waited in line almost, almost like a reward exactly you know? like right? you feel rewarded because yeah. you're one of the 500 people that could get this piece you yeah know? and now so. we're just buying these olympic medals off the black market and we're reselling all over the place and it's not worth anything wow you're coming with these analogies tough today. so it's, it's really hard <laughs> it's really hard to say like you said it's a fucking paradox. Like how, like, 
you go up with one, you lose out on the other, and you go up with the other, and you lose out on the other. Yeah. So it it really is kind of confusing in, in how we reignite streetwear again because with the internet, like where do we find that like perfect medium that incorporates the future of communication, well, which is the internet? Let me let me just you know state my opinion here. I don't think that there is any going back to the '90s, early 2000s. No. Yeah. I think we're already too far gone. It's obviously still in the very early stages. I mean, obviously, Street Wars has been around for decades, but it's yeah. still in the very early stages of becoming part of mainstream culture. So I don't think there is any turning back. I think it's just it has to evolve into a whole different animal. You know, yeah. um, you know, what's funny is when you hear a lot of people speak about the state of streetwear, you hear Bobby Hunter speak on it. You know, periodically, he, I, I saw an article where, uh, I don't know if her last name is Mob, but Leah from Married to the Mob, she spoke on the, st- on the state of streetwear. And they there's, there's this sort of, you know, bottom line answer that streetwear is going to not be here within 10 years. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that that's like a, a potential reality? I mean... The possibilities are endless, but yeah. I think streetwear is so deeply rooted in so many other forms of culture that it'll be hard to ignore, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't talk about hip-hop without streetwear. You can't yeah. talk about skating without streetwear. You can't talk about, you know, sneakers, all the, all these other things, you know? Like, it's so deeply ro- rooted within those, um, within those subcultures that... Yeah. In order to get rid of streetwear completely, like you have to get rid of all those other. But you know, things, it's hard you know? now, and that's a good point because when you say like it's deeply rooted in subcultures, is that it's now deeply rooted in all culture. Yeah, so exactly. So like you could see anybody from a YouTuber to David Beckham to you know the most random people you can think of wearing something that you thought was exclusive to people like you and people that was like minded, but it's now just become simply an article of clothing like yeah it, there's no like i said y- unique selling proposition about any of these clothes anymore well i mean in that aspect yeah that makes sense like of course streetwear and its roots is you know predominantly was yeah about exclusivity and being part of some sort of niche group or some sort of subculture you know yeah. so obviously if everybody can get their hands on it then that eliminates that yeah um but I don't know. I think just the essence of it, what it stands for as far as, you know, just being able to be who you are as a person and that sort of um, core value that streetwear has, I think that will kind of live on in whatever shape or form streetwear takes. And that definitely brings up a good point because after every, you know, great relationship, right? And we've had... Never mind. Um, <laughs> there's there's always the phase after whether you maybe you split up with streetwear. Maybe yeah. you decide to dress preppy or you get into sports and you stop spending your money on streetwear. Maybe you have a kid and you stop spending your money on streetwear. But you get to a point where you start to reflect on what that did to make you who you are, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I guess like us, we always reflect back to the early days of when we were kids and how that influenced us to get into streetwear. But I guess now to sort of play the whole retrospect game is if we look back on what streetwear did to us, what sort of things can we see like how to make, can we see have a major influence on us? Like there's, there's like a lot that 100%, I can name. There's yeah. so many. I mean, I think streetwear 
really made me the person that I am today. Like really informed what I'm interested in, really informed like the personality that I have. I mean, obviously like a lot of other things too, but streamer had a huge part in that. Um, And I'd say like for you, like, like we were all sneakerheads back in the day, right? Yeah, we wanted yeah. to have as many pairs as we could of every pair possible. But now we have a better understanding of like, it's more refined, right? It's more particular. You know yeah. exactly what type of shoes you want. You, you'd even say like some of the shoes back when you were a kid, like that you really, really, really wanted are probably not that great to you now. Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> there's it's definitely so surprising a few. how that works. Yeah. I mean, like, let's stick to using a relationship as an analogy. Yeah. I think as time goes on, the relationship is going to evolve, you know, and yeah. the same thing goes for your taste and this whatever true. it may be, you know, um, as far, let, I mean, sticking to this relationship, um, you know, analogy, you know, obviously you're not going to be in the quote unquote honeymoon phase or whatever it's called, you know, awesome for, term forever like yeah. it's at some point it's gonna kind of die down yeah not, not that that's a no, bad that's thing true that's but that's true. just what happens naturally you know yeah. once you spend enough time with that person if you're you, in the honeymoon phase for that for forever then you're probably gonna go broke you know what i yeah, mean yeah <laughs> and also if you're in that phase for you know longer than you should be then it i don't know that kind of says a lot that yeah. says maybe it's only on like a superficial level. It's like, you know what I'm dude, saying? Dude, it's so true. It's like, a, it's yeah. like that, the alternate reality that you're trying yeah. to live. That's, yeah. su- that's such a good ass point. I mean, like the more time you spend with somebody, you know, less and less is going to be new to you every day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can't like, once you spend years with that person or once you spend years with streetwear, you're going to accumulate that knowledge of that person yeah. in streetwear. So obviously, yeah. you know, your view on it's going to change. And then it not depends, that it's a bad thing. On, depends on how you adapt. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so obviously we've been wearing, you know, whether we want to wear designer jeans, we want to wear fancy jeans, whatever. Our, our taste of it changes, but the style of how we wear it kind of stays similar with, with what our preference is. So yeah. it's not like we're straying away and acting like this totally new person. It's just, we gain inspiration from you know maybe the other person we gain inspiration from new things that we're learning or whatever and it adapts into who we are and how we portray that within our clothes so dude that's a good ass point that was a great ass analogy um and i think that just goes to show right like the way that brands sort of like reel you in right with the the initial like huzzah just sale all your sizes all these colors whatever it's Mm -hmm. a trend blah 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 come get it to the point where you're just like wow i'm really interested in this brand i want to learn more and i want to gain this crazy perspective about this brand learn who the creator is and all this other stuff to the point where you're just like i'm willing to spend all my money right yeah yeah it's crazy to think that this is almost a direct correlation to actual relationships. Yeah, and let me just say this. I think as far as streetwear brands and the consumer, it's a two-way street like any relationship, you know? Like as the relationship evolves, um, obviously both parties have to adapt to one another. So I mean, it's more evident now than ever, but I think brands have to adapt to who their consumer is and what their consumer actually likes and the same thing in a relationship you know it's like you're not gonna like i was saying before like the relationship's not gonna stay the same for you know 10 years this obviously you have to adapt and evolve this is so true. 
I think the same goes for shoe wear brands. And you're speaking to a man that's tenured in his relationship. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say the years. I'm not going to put your business out there, but he's definitely very experienced. So I would say, like you just said, brands definitely need to understand who it is that they're selling their clothes to. They yeah. have to have that relationship or else it's going to be, you know, how it is now with, with how we feel with streetwear, you know, and the title of this episode is going to be sorry streetwear. It's you, not me. Wow. And that's how <laughs> we're going to end this episode. And I think last episode, we, we didn't think we were going to get that far along. We were like, okay, let's keep it at like 30 minutes. We ended yeah. up going for like an hour. Um, but this one I'd say was pretty structured. I think we did a good job in, yeah, I in think, figuring it out. I think all the gems were, you know, set pretty yeah. well if yeah. that makes sense like they're all in uh they're all nice and condensed for it everybody was, yeah. so you don't have to you know we're getting better at like or i'm getting being better especially more concise <laughs> be more concise and not rambling the the whole the same point over and over again yeah. you guys gotta remember it's only been about six months episode 24 six yeah six months six yeah. months so six month also um Shout out to all of our listeners. We just hit 4,000 listens. Close to five now. Close to 5,000. Yeah, Once to we five. put this episode out on Friday, shit, man. Probably who knows where this 5, is going to go? Yeah. Like I said, 10,000 within the next couple months is not impossible. If at we're all. getting 2,000 a month, and if that grows into 3,000 a month, I can't believe we're there. I can't believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to you guys once again. We would not be here without you. Um, Thank you to everybody on Instagram. Everybody on Instagram that's been, you know, DMing us, you know, every episode, man. It's so crazy. I'm always like, I'm always expecting. I I mean, I don't expect you to always do that, but I do appreciate every time that I see it. So thank you guys. We really appreciate that. Yeah. And that's awesome. That is episode 24 of the No Chance podcast. This is the first episode we stayed under like. 50 minutes i feel like or under 45 mm, under 45 minutes. this might probably. be the shortest episode ever yeah but yes thank you guys for listening to episode 24 of the no chance podcast as always your hosts ryan and nate peace And we'll catch you next week. Peace.